Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Well, good morning, Word of Life. Wow, that sounded good. You guys are ready. (laughs) Well, my name is Luke, and it's so good to be here. I'm honored uh, to stand before you this morning uh, to share what God's been putting on my heart, really, for the last 10 years. So we're going to be here a while. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They did tell me I had three and a half hours with you guys this morning, though. Is that going to be all right? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Somebody wants to. (laughs) One day, I'll be able to preach for three and a half hours straight. That'd be awesome. Um, I want to pray before we jump in. I, uh, I got here this morning, I always set my notes up on the Notes app. How many of you guys use the Notes app on your iPhone? Yeah, it's my favorite app. I think it's the most used app I ever had. But when you're typing that on your computer, like on your desktop, you know, you can't really tell how many pages you have. So I got here this morning, I printed out my notes, and it's six pages, y'all. I was like, oh, I got to cut some fluff. <laughs> like, I got to really cut some fluff because I got 49 minutes to go. <laughs> and so I cut it, and I, I reprinted it, and it was five pages. So we're going to be all right, right? No, I, um, I know that what pastor always says, like you, you, you fill up on Jesus, you let him fill you up and, and you, you, you prepare like there's really not a Holy Spirit, which is not a bad thing, but you prepare and you do everything you know to do. You know, you look up words, you, you talk to the Holy Spirit, but you prepare like there's not one. But when you get up here, you preach like that's all there is. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. That's the best part. You know, it's just fun. And uh, he makes it fun, right? It's nothing to be worried about or anxious for. Because Jesus has got us. Amen. Well, let's pray and uh, and we'll jump in. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for the Holy Spirit, Father. I just thank you, Lord, that your spirit brings so many good things to us and has given us access to so many amazing things that, that we get to share with others. They're not just for us, but we get to share with that. But when we totally have revelation of what those things are, Lord, like you give us, when we seek you, you give us revelation of what the Holy Spirit it ha- uh, it does in our life that, man, it, it so enriches our life that no matter where we go, we bless people because it's who we are. It's not just what we do, it's who we are. So when we go into situations, we change atmospheres. We change situations. We don't go and join them, we go and change them. So Father, I just thank you this morning that you have already come before me. You already know what you're gonna say this morning, thank God. And I thank you, Lord God, that your presence is here this morning. Not only living in us, but in this room, filling this room with peace, love, joy, goodness, kindness, mercy, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, patience. Thank you for all of those things this morning, Father. Oh, you're so rich. And I just thank you, Lord, for helping me speak exactly what you want to speak and show everybody here exactly what they need because you know what they need, Lord. We love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I pray, I tend to forget anybody else is here. And so forgive me if I tend to ramble when I pray, but get a little water. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter six, they're gonna put it on the screens. This is my absolute go-to verse. It's a a life scripture. It's something that, um, you know, the Lord's been teaching me for a long time. 
And he just builds on it and adds to it all the time. Uh, Matthew chapter six says, come to me, all you who are, are all you who labor. I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, Matthew chapter six, verse, I'm sorry. Here, I'll just look at my notes, how about that? <laughs> it says, but first and most importantly, first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. I used to read that and I'd be like, Lord, what is your kingdom? What does that mean? How do you seek after the kingdom? And he said, my kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what it says in Romans. That's what it says the kingdom is. And so that's what we're supposed to seek after. It says his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God. And all these things will be given to you also. Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and I'll lay all these things at your feet. All these things that you could ever desire and ever want. I'll lay all these things at your feet. Just seek me first. The other day I was sitting in my office getting ready to, to prepare for this, this message. And, and uh, I said, Lord, you know, we're talking about being exhausted, you know. And I started thinking about times in my life where I've been exhausted. The first thing I thought of was two-a-days in high school football. Anybody, anybody ever been through two-a-days? Yeah, some of us. <laughs> if you haven't, you ain't missed nothing. <laughs> Promise. Now, we used to get up at six in the morning and go to the field and work out for three hours and then take a lunch break, you know, go home and like try to take a shower, turn that window unit on, and just let it hum. You know what I mean? You know what a window unit hum is? I just like that hum of a window unit. You know, it just makes you rest. And, and I can remember getting up and going back that afternoon at like five or six. I never understood why we go back in the hottest part of the day. It seemed like the hottest part's in the afternoon. But man, I can remember being so exhausted and just not wanting to do any of that. And as I was sitting in my office, I was like, Lord, that's kind of, that's the natural exhausted. But, but you know, I started thinking about other stuff and, I, and, and the juices started flowing. The Holy Spirit was moving. And so I'm like, where is a notebook? I need to start writing some of this down. Because sometimes when you get inspiration, I'd rather write it down than type it out. I'm just, I don't know. It just comes out better. It seems to flow better. And so I started looking for a notebook and I couldn't find one anywhere. I like a fresh notebook. I like a fresh notepad that hadn't been written in yet, right? Even if it's only got two pages written in it, I don't want to use it. You know, I'm kind of OCD like that. But, but I started looking for a notebook and I looked in the drawer behind me and I found this notebook. It's an old notebook and, and I, I didn't even remember it was in there. I didn't know where it came from. I opened it up and the first date I saw was December 2010, 10 years ago. And I started looking through the notebook and as I'm looking through it, I'm like, Lord, this was a big year. My wife's father passed, battle, like three year battle with cancer. It was pretty exhausting. I came on staff, worked at Nissan for seven years and got called to ministry, came on staff that year. That was pretty exhausting, <laughs> honestly. They wanted me to be the youth pastor, and I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to do this because I don't know what I'm doing. It's not a bad place to be. My wife lost her job that she had had for 10 years. And so as I'm reading through this journal, there's two things that I noticed. Number one, I noticed how exhausted we were at this season, but I also noticed what God was teaching me in this season. And I started thumbing through and some of my first messages I ever taught in youth are in here. I mean, I'm just reading through and I'm like, man, that's good, Lord. Like, who wrote this? <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit wrote them. See, that's one thing I've learned 
really in the last 20 years is that I have a helper. No matter what my circumstances look like, no matter what's going on in my life, I have a helper. I don't have to do this thing alone, and I have it. Trust me, Luke doesn't do good by himself. <laughs> he gets in his head. And so I lean on the Holy Spirit for every single thing I do. And I know that's a real broad, like, you know, cliche statement. But the Lord tells me all the time, he's like, you know why it's cliche, right? It's because it works. People overuse it and it gets overused, right? But it's good. It still works, even though it's cliche. Don't discount the cliche things of life. That's a word. So anyway, I kept reading through this and and I came to a letter from my sweet wife, a four and a half page letter that I forgot she even wrote. Man, I'm sitting in my office just bawling, reading this letter, you know, just like in this moment with Jesus, because he's teaching me about how he doesn't change. He never changes. He was teaching me the same thing 10 years ago when I first stepped into ministry that he's still teaching me now. But the interesting thing to me about it is how he still makes it brand new every single time he teaches it to me. Only God can do that. I mean, I've been teaching about or preaching about the same thing for 10 years. And he's been teaching me about the same things for 10 years, y'all. And I said, well, Lord, that could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> either I'm not getting it, right? And I just need to hear it over and over again. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, son, I don't change. My word never changes. And there's so much in this Bible, right? There's so many stories. There's so many things. But honestly, if you kind of put it all in a nutshell, you know what this whole thing's about? Jesus. It is. Old Testament, New Testament. If you read all the way through the Old Testament, it's talking about Jesus the whole way through it. It's a type and shadow of Jesus and what he was sent to this earth to do for us. You know, that word salvation, like he sent, he was sent to this earth to save us. That word means sozo. And I talk about this word a lot too, but it means saved, healed, delivered, and set free. Saved, healed, delivered, and set free. That's the whole salvation package. And I can't tell you how many times I meet people, myself included years ago, and all I was living in was this little, little bitty portion of this whole package. I was only tapping into just a little bit of it. But my gosh, when you start seeking God and opening this thing up, you you have no idea what's available to you through the Holy Spirit, guys. And I know some of you guys are here today and you're here. Maybe maybe you didn't even know we were teaching on exhausted, but you know, you're like, man, I need something. I need help. Like I need I need hope restored. I need restoration in my life. I need healing, whatever that is. I know what it feels like to be exhausted. Trust me. But as I was reading through this notebook, the Lord began to minister to me. And even Kelly and I sat down yesterday. I hadn't shown her yet. She was out of town all last week. And um, she went to the beach with her family, a girl trip. And so I was at home by myself all week last week. And there's one thing I'm always aware of. And it's the joy and the peace and the rest that my wife brings to our home. She is such a source of those things. She's not the source, but she's a source right? He's the source. She's a source. But man, she knows what she's called to do. You know what's interesting? As I was reading this notebook, he was showing me how 10 years ago, it seemed like everything was falling apart. Her father passed. She lost her job. I started this new job, which was a great thing, but man, it came with a lot of pressure. It came with a lot of stress and all kinds of things for me to figure out. So it was an exhausting season. But you know, 10 years later, her, her mom's been remarried and got an amazing husband. She hasn't worked in 10 years. Now, I know she probably might not like me to tell that, but you know what? We decided after she lost her job, I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I said, I like you being at home. I like you keeping the peace and the rest and the joy in this household. 
And so she hasn't been back. And you know what? We hadn't missed a lick financially. Hadn't missed a lick. Yeah, we can give it up for that. And 10 years later, I'm still at Word of Life. I've been on staff for 10 years, praise God. I remember hearing a statistic about youth pastors one time, and uh, they said that most youth pastors don't last six months. Well, I didn't hear that statistic until I'd been a youth pastor for three years. And I was like, hey, I got it made now, you know? So, oh man, we may not touch this stuff. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. He kept showing me how he doesn't change. And he said, I, I, I need you to have a strong foundation and some truths. Not so that, well, I mean, that's the same thing he's been teaching me, but he's like, I need to, to let you have a strong foundation and some simple truths so that I can build on those truths. He's like, I, most truths don't change, but I will build on them. But he said, if, if I can't, if you don't have a strong foundation, I can't build on them. There's nothing to build on. And so that's what he was showing me. He's like, I've been teaching you on these same things for 10 years because I want to make sure that foundation is steady. Because as he's been building on these things for 10 years, and you know, really the only thing that's changed in my life, even from these, these three things I'm about to talk about, is my relationship with him. I know him more. I know him more intimately. I know him better. It's more of a personal relationship. I talk to him like he's standing next to me all the time. I know the Holy Spirit is there 24-7, y'all. And, and if I could give everybody in this room a gift, it would be for you to have an awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Truly, it would be to just to let you know, man, you're not in this thing by yourself. Because it changes everything. I think my favorite thing that it changes is, is my effectiveness to do what he's called me to do. You know, I keep going back to this notebook. Every time I, I would read this notebook over the last week or so, I'd go through it. And I'd say, Lord, we're talking about being exhausted, but I'm not. I was exhausted then, and I've been exhausted in the last 10 years, but I am the least exhausted I've ever been in my life right now. And I am unashamed of that. You don't have to be unashamed of doing good, right? It's okay to be thriving in the midst of chaos. We're believers. That's actually what we're supposed to do. I'm telling you. And if you're not, it's okay. You can. We just need to get some things, some foundations laid here. And so let's look at the first thing. The first thing the Lord really has dealt with me for 10 years about is prayer. I know that's really simple. I even went back and forth with the Lord on this stuff. I was like, Lord, this is really simple. Are you sure I'm supposed to talk about these basic things with all these amazing believers in here? He said, did I ask you to talk about it? It's like, yeah. He said, well, then it's good enough. I said, are you sure it's good enough for Sunday? Right? It's a big service. It's a big stage, you know? He said, yeah. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 16. It says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Anybody ever wonder what the will of God is for my life? It says it right here. <laughs> Continually, be persistent in prayer. Continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for your life. In Philippians 4, verse 4 through 7, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, your unselfishness, your mercy, your tolerance, and your patience be known to all people. Your life should be a gift to people. 
Honestly, if we're going to be believers in here, your life should be a gift to people. When you get around people, you shouldn't take from them. You should give to them. Right? Now, if they're going to give you something, obviously you can take that if you're supposed to. But I'm just saying in the spirit realm, like in, in the spiritual things, like when you get around people, you shouldn't add to the problem. You should fix the problem. Right? There's nothing like it, y'all. There's nothing like blessing people. There's nothing like letting the Jesus that's inside of you come out. That's what he wants to do, right? Uh, all the time. And just the other day, we were at a restaurant. We were sitting there, and a friend of mine, uh, Jason and I, we go out to eat for lunch quite a bit. And it just seems like every time he and I get out together, God is on the move. He's doing something pretty cool. And so we stepped foot in this restaurant. And as soon as I sat down, I noticed there was a guy there. And I don't know. We were the only two in the restaurant, so I figured it was nice to start a conversation with him, you know? And so we just started talking and, and, and come to find out he went to seminary and all kinds of stuff. He's not in ministry anymore. You know, I don't know that whole backstory, but, but he just, there was a connection immediately. Well, that connection, I honestly believe is because when I walked in that place, I knew what I carried when I walked in there and I'm just looking like a radar. It's like, who needs what you have, Jesus? Who's got, because I got it already. I'm good. I don't need it anymore. I got it. I mean, I'll take some more, but you know, it's like, I'm looking for somebody who needs Jesus. And because I'd been praying that morning, Jason and I had actually been in Wednesday prayer. <laughs> We'd been in here praying, talking to God, getting built up and filled up. We went out there and this guy didn't have a chance. Like he was in the radar. You know what I'm saying? I got him. And so we started talking and one thing led to another and he ends up getting ready to leave and he walks over and we start chatting about a bunch of stuff. And I just said, man, is, can I pray for you before you leave? He was like, yeah, he took his hat off and just came over and bowed his head immediately. <laughs> Who does that, right? A stranger, you know, trust. He's not trusting me. He's trusting what's in me, even though he can't see it. That's good. And so he comes over and I just start, I said, what do you want? What do you want me to pray about? What do you want? I've started asking people, what do you want before I pray? Because you can just pray, but you can find out what they want. Most people can't say what they want, right? Because they don't feel like they can even ask for what they want. But God wants to know what you want. He already knows anyway. Why don't you just tell him? And he said, I just want the presence of God. And I said, well, you came to the right place, buddy. Because <laughs> the presence was, oh man, it was so good in this place. And so we just started praying. And I don't even remember what we prayed. But we prayed for the presence of God at some point in there. And he got ready to leave and he said, thank you so much. And he left. And I looked at Jason and I said, wouldn't it be crazy if he came back in here 10 minutes later? Like, what did you do to me? Like encountering the presence of God, you know? There's nothing like the presence of Jesus, guys. There's just nothing like it, but you gotta get in it. You gotta take a moment and choose it. Three things happen when you pray. And this is what I asked the Lord. I said, why is prayer so important? You ever ask God questions like that? Like, why do I need the Holy Ghost? Why do I need prayer? Why do I need to be thankful? What's the point? I ask him questions like that because if I don't know why, it's kind of hard for me to hook up with it. Like, I need to know why. And he said, three things happen when you pray. You get a heart for who you pray to, you get a heart for who you pray with, and you get a heart for who you pray for. Now, think about this. If you got a coworker that's just getting on your nerves, I know none of you guys have ever experienced that, but I used to experience that. I used to work at Nissan in a plant, and so, man, there was some drama on that place. Whew. And uh, it just seemed like it always tried to find me, especially when I was seeking God the most. I could be minding my own business, not doing anything, and the devil would just come hunt me down. <laughs> you ever felt like that? It's like, just leave me alone. Let me do my job, you know? But it seems like he just comes to find you. But that's the worst thing he could ever do. Because when you're full of Jesus, he's just a vapor. He's like nothing. But I remember 
thinking and knowing this stuff and listening to Pastor Joel teach this stuff back in the day and thinking, oh man, okay, this person's really bothering me right now. This person's really coming against me. But what I need to do is pray for them. I'm like, Lord, okay, Lord, will you please let them leave me alone? You know, like start praying like that, right? And he's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> not so much, not so much of that because that's all about me. That's actually a selfish prayer that's not even heard. Chew on that for a minute. <laughs> and so I started turning my prayers around. I'm like, Lord, let them encounter your presence like I know your presence. Let them know you like I know you. Let them encounter your sweetness and your richness and your glory and, and your goodness and the Holy Spirit like I know it. Let them see that. So I changed my prayers from selfish prayers to unselfish prayers. My prayers weren't about me anymore. They were about them, which is totally different, right? I'm good. I don't need to take care of God's got me. I don't even need to pray for myself anymore. I do sometimes, you know, when I get sick or things like that. But, but that's different. I'm talking about like uh, circumstances. Prayer protects your heart as well. Let's look at Proverbs 4 and 23. We're looking in the Passion Translation. It says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Fill your heart, sorry, fill your thoughts with my words. Then as you unwrap my words, as you really dig into them, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, it's a pretty big statement, above all. There's a lot in there. It says, guard the affections of your heart. Guard your attention, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flow the issues of life or flow the wellsprings of life. When you pray, it protects you. When you pray, God goes to work immediately. When you pray, when you really talk to him and ask him for things, he's just waiting on you to come to him and talk to him. It's about relationship. And like I said before, the only thing that's changed for me in 10 years, other than these truths, these truths are still solid in my life, but the only thing that's changed is my relationship with the Father. It's so sweet and rich, y'all. Man, I wish I could just give it to you. But you gotta go after it yourself. You gotta seek after this thing. The second thing I wanna talk to you about is the word real fast. Now, we've talked about prayer, we're gonna talk about the word. We're gonna just keep it basic and super simple. But I'm telling you guys, there's so much packed into these things. These are foundational truths that it, you can't get enough of this. I asked the Lord, I said, you ever want to teach me anything else? <laughs> he said, probably not, because this is who I am. All of these things are who he is. He's like, but I'll add to them. But this stuff never changes. It's exactly the same every day. I used to get overwhelmed with the thought of trying to figure out the whole Bible. Right? I used to get overwhelmed and exhausted with just the thought of trying to figure out, man, there's so much to learn in here. And you get one revelation in one little spot and the devil would be like, well, that's just one little thing. You'll never learn all of it. I'm like, wait a minute, just shut your mouth. <laughs> I know that voice and that voice is not God because I got the Holy Spirit living inside of me who knows all things, who brings all things to my remembrance. Can you imagine? I mean, I just thought about it the other day. I was like, I can't remember a bunch of verses. I can't sit up here and quote a ton of verses to you, but I know they're in here. And whenever I need them, they'll come out. I've seen that so many times in ministry, especially in the marketplace, wherever you go. It's like, I may be even having a bad day. Maybe I'm exhausted. I've been, don't think you can't be used when you're exhausted. Don't, don't discount the Holy Spirit that's in you just because you feel like you're worthless and exhausted and you can't do anything for anybody right now. That's a complete lie from the enemy. God will never tell you that. 
I love this stuff, guys. Romans 12 and two, let's look at this. The word. It says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. That's so good. But be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Focusing on God, godly values and ethical attitudes. That's who he is. It's in the word. That's how you find out his, his attitude, right? his ethical values. It's in his word. By the renewing, I'm sorry, so that you may prove to yourself what is the will of God. Well, we just talked about what the will of God was, right? It's to pray and be thankful all the time. But you find that out in his word. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So I found myself dealing with anxiety and like massive anxiety attacks about four years ago. I remember I was sitting in Miami at a little bitty, um, a little bitty cafe. We were sitting there with two or three other people. And I remember I was just stretched out in there, just stretched out on, just sitting there chilling, getting ready to eat breakfast. A really cool cafe. It was on diners, drive-ins, and dives. You know, anybody watch that show? I like that show. Kind of a foodie. And so I was like, we've got to go to this place because guys, he's been there, you know. And so we're sitting there eating. And as soon as the guy took our order, he walks away. And I mean like a freight train, y'all. I'd never experienced this in my life. I mean, I dealt with stress and anxiety before, but like a freight train, just like knocked me over, sitting still. And this, just this wave of fear hit me like I'd never encountered before in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, this is heavy. And I felt so scared because I didn't want anybody else to know around me, you know, that I was like feeling like this because I don't want to be embarrassed, you're a pastor, blah, 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 all this stuff. And so it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want, no, 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 I can't tell anybody. I got to fix this myself. I got to do this. I, I, me, 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 me. The me's and the eyes, right? That's what fear always gets you in is the me's and the eyes when it's not even about you. <laughs> I was having a panic attack. Didn't even know what it was. And so I'm fighting the best I know how to fight. And then we're there for like a four-day conference. This is the first day. And I'm there to receive from God. You think the devil didn't know what I was about to receive? Yeah, he did. I still received it. But my gosh, it hurt. It was hard to fight through that anxiety because I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know what to do. So I remember getting home from the conference. I remember going to my wife as soon as I got home because we tell each other everything. I was like, babe... I do not know what to do. I'm freaking out right now. I need help. Will you pray for me? Thank God for people that you can go to like that. She's my best friend, you know? And so, I mean, we just like going back and forth and she's like, what's going on? Let's figure this thing out. You know, let's walk through this. And so we walked through some things. We fixed some things. We made some changes, but it still would not lift. It was like just kind of stuck to me. I was like, I'm just dragging this thing around. And one day, about six months after this, I'm still having panic attacks all the time. I'm about this close to going to the doctor and getting some meds. I know what meds do. They, they cover it up. They make it better for a little while. I get that. I'm not against meds. But I just was not because uh, in a past life, another Luke, <laughs> he didn't do real good with medicine. Let's just put it that way. And so I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I know my God and he's big enough and he's going to help me walk through this and he's going to show me how to figure this out. And once I do figure it out, the devil better watch out. Because I'm going to tell everybody how to fix it. <laughs> and I am right now. So I'm laying in bed. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? What am I missing here? And he's like, when's the last time you got in my word? Just real simple. I'm like, it can't be that easy. Okay, Lord, I don't think you heard me. Like, it's bad. I'm suffering here. And that's not your will for my life. And he's like, no, it's not. You know what he told me? He said, before your feet hit the floor in the morning, I need you to come to me. 
That's literally what he told me. Before your feet hit the floor. Now, this is just for me. If you want to do that, you can do that. But this is exactly what he told me. He said, before your feet hit the floor, I want you to get in my word. And I was like, oh, I can do that. I didn't ask why. I just was like, whatever. I will do whatever it takes. So I remember putting my iPad above my bed on the shelf right above my bed. And I remember waking up the next morning. Like, couldn't wait to go to bed to get up the next morning to go to the word. Like, I couldn't wait to the word then. And so, but I woke up because I wanted to obey God. I wanted to do exactly what he'd asked me to do. I remember grabbing that thing and pulling it down and just reading for 30 or 45 minutes, just reading through the word. And this peace started to come. This rest started to come. This, this joy started to come. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? And I asked the Lord, how did I miss it? And he said, before you were going just to, just to get something. But now you're going to give me something. Now you're going to give me praise and thanksgiving. Now you're going with a grateful heart because you know I'm the answer. Now you're not just going to the word to just pull something from it, which is okay if you need that, but it's like, no, just come to give something. Instead of going to God just to get, 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 go to God to give, 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 give. I'm telling you, it's all the difference in the world. It's all the difference in the world. Man, we gotta roll, we got six minutes, y'all. Golly. Help me, Jesus, before your feet hit the floor. I'm telling you, that changed my life. He also told me that Matthew 6.33 was actually that, right? Seek first. He said, if you will seek me before your feet hit the floor in the morning, everything else you do that day will be second to me by default. I'm like, is it really that simple, Lord? And he said, yeah, it's really that simple. We overcomplicate this stuff, guys. I'm a really simple person, right? I'm not complicated. And the Lord knows it, but you try to overcomplicate it because it's the word of God. You know, it's like, it so, seems so serious. That's religion talking to you. That is not God, okay? Man, we could teach on all this stuff for like hours and hours. I'm telling you, three and a half hours. Pastor Tyler, you want to like, let me have your spot too? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, for the word of God is living and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between soul and spirit. And we're going to stop right there for just a second. If you know me at all, if you've talked to me at all or had a conversation with me at all, you've probably heard these words come out of my mouth. Because I'm telling you, when you get revelation from God, you can't hold it in. You want to tell everybody. Because it's so good and so real and so true. When you get something that works, you want to tell everybody. So you can share this thing. So the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between soul and spirit. And I asked the Lord, I was like, why do you divide between soul and spirit? I don't understand that. And he said, <laughs> he said, I'll tell you this. He said, I'll ask you a question. You ever ask God something and he asks you a question back? He said, who do I talk to when I talk to you? I was like, I don't know, Lord. I just need help. <laughs> I don't have time for all these questions. He's like, but I need you to listen. Who do I talk to when I talk to you? I was like, I don't know. This sounds like a true question. He said, I talk to your spirit because that's who you are. And he said, now who does the enemy talk to when he talks to you? And he said, he talks to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. We are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. Check it out, it's in the word, for time's sake, I promise. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And if the devil talks to your soul and God talks to your spirit, it says that when you get in the word, it divides the two. And I said, well, Lord, why, well, I'm still not getting it. 
simplified even more. He said, okay, you got a spirit, you got a soul. If I'm talking to your spirit and you get in the word and it separates those two things, doesn't that help? So that you clearly know the difference between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy in your life? How many guys want to know the voice of God clearly? We all do, trust me. It's like, well, I don't know if this is God. And it, get in the word. It'll clearly show you the difference between the two. That means my time's up. <laughs> Golly, y'all. I knew I shouldn't have had six pages of notes. The last thing I do want to get to uh, is Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving and praise. So a couple years rolled around. My life was doing pretty good. And, and, and I'd gotten over the whole anxiety thing with the word. And I was doing really well. And then I got to this place where I was starting to deal with depression. Anxiety and depression are clearly two different things. I didn't know. But they clearly are. I used to think it was all the same. It's all demonic. But it's like there's just a different flavor on it, so to speak. So I started dealing with depression and hopelessness. And when I asked the Lord, I'm like, what is going on, man? I'm reading my word. I'm praying like I'm worshiping. I'm doing like I'm talking to you. I'm doing everything I know to do. What is missing? And he was like, you lost your gratitude. Where's your gratitude? And it wasn't to make me feel bad. It was just to make me see the power of Thanksgiving. And so he started taking me on this journey through Thanksgiving. And he told me that gratitude equals humility. And humility equals grace. Gratitude equals humility. Gratitude, like saying, Lord, thank you. That's humility, right? And it says that the humble get the grace. If you want help from God, humble yourself and he'll give you grace. Come to him when you know you've done wrong or even when you hadn't. Come to him and say, Lord, I cannot do this on my own. I, I me, cannot do this. I need you, Lord. That's the most powerful prayer anybody could ever pray. I truly believe that. Look at what David did in his most exhausted times of his life. What did he do? He humbled himself. He went to God. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He talked to God. He said, Lord, I, I have no idea what to do right now. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to stone me. They're trying to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, it's a mess. I can't fix this on my own. He's like, good. Now I can help you. That's when the grace floods in. That's when everything God has for you floods in. When you come to him and just ask him for help. And I was like, huh, okay, I can do that. And so what I started doing, this is a couple years ago, I'd come in here on a, on a Saturday or whenever it is, and we'd go to, I'd go over to healing school. There was nobody here. That's something about that room, y'all. I cannot wait to get healing school back open. Woo! But I'd go in there and I'd turn instrumental worship music on. No words, just music. And I'd just start thanking God. And that's all I would say. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you. And I'd start thanking the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I love you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're real to me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. I'd talk to all three of them like they were individuals, yet they're one. And I'd do that, and I'd do that, and I'd do that. And before I knew it, I was just a big puddle in the floor, crying like a baby, laughing, crying. Somebody saw me, they'd be like, okay, this dude needs help, right? Because I'm just like all over the place. But what I'm encountering is just this true joy from Jesus, just this true joy from God. It's a spirit of joy. 
And I really believe that when, he, when, you're thanks, when you're thankful, man, he rewards your thanksgiving. He rewards your gratitude with his glory, with his presence. God, it's so good. And so I did that for weeks. And it was life-changing. It got me back on track. See, these three things, prayer, the word, thanksgiving. And I kind of lump in there thanksgiving, praise, and worship. They're all kind of the same to me because I end up doing that. All I do is thank God when I go to worship him. I tend not to sing the lyrics. I just say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And he blesses me. But those three things are like my gauges in life. No matter what's going on in my life, if I sense myself getting off just a little bit, I'm like, all right, which one is it? (laughs) And I usually know already. It's like you get in your car and you know it's getting about a quarter of a tank. You know it's a quarter of the tank. You've been looking at it for a day or two, you know? It's like, and then all of a sudden you get in the next day and the light comes on. You're like, well, how'd that happen? You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. (laughs) You know how that happened. Just go to the gas station, right? Oh, but I think I got like 30 miles. All these new fancy cars tell you exactly how many miles you got. Don't test that. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't test that. Just go get gas. It's the same way with God. Why do we wait till we're absolutely exhausted to go to him? Even when we do, he's still there, right? Even when we wait until he's our last resort. God, he's so merciful. He's still there. But he don't want to be your last resort. He wants to be your first. Because when he's your first, then everything else just kind of falls in place. When he's your first, then you're more effective. When he's your first, then you're not exhausted. Then you can help everybody else who is exhausted. That's the life of a believer. If you're exhausted here today, you don't have to be. There is restoration. There's peace. There's joy. So I want you to bow your heads with me. I just want to pray for you. But if you're here today and you you just need rest, you just need peace, you just need the joy of God. You just need his presence. You just need like a break. Can I just get a break? Can I just like take a deep breath and relax and rest in him? If you need rest, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. That's like everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is that rest. He is. And he gives freely. He does. But you got to go get it. Joy and peace, righteousness, has all been given to us. He's made us righteous. He's given us joy. And he's given us peace. But if you don't reach out and claim it and take it and choose it every single day, it just kind of sits there. It never leaves. But you got to reach and take it. You got to choose it. Determine in your heart. You're not going to let your circumstances affect you, but you're going to affect your circumstances by choosing joy and peace. You're going to infect your circumstances with the fruit of the Spirit that lives inside of you by the Holy Spirit. So Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for every hand that's been raised today. That's a decision, really, to come back to you. It's a decision to come to you first. It's a decision to to change some things, whatever that looks like in their heart. You know exactly where they're at and and what's going on in their heart. You know exactly where they are and what's, what's exactly needed 
And so Holy Spirit, I just ask you to minister right now. Just come and touch their hearts, Father. Come and tell them exactly what you want to tell them. Tell them how loved they are. Tell them how you're not mad at them. You're not even disappointed a little bit. You love them. All you want is for them to come to you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that from from literally from this point forward, it'd be a turning point for them. That they'd begin to focus on those three things, prayer, the word, and thanksgiving. Not in that order, but I just thank you, Lord God, that those things would begin to become more real to them. Even if they become cliche in their life, Father, I thank you, Lord, that they're becoming more real than anything else. And that you begin to minister to them every single day. Even as they go home this afternoon, as they go back to work tomorrow or wherever that may be, thank you, Lord God, that when they get in tough situations and they feel that exhaustion trying to come on them, because you are not exhaustion. You're a child of the King. You are not exhaustion. Exhaustion is something that tries to come on you. And the way you fight it and resist it is to choose joy before your feet hit the floor. Yeah, so Father, I just thank you, Lord God. We'll choose joy. We'll choose peace. <laughs> we'll choose righteousness. We'll choose to walk in the truth of what you've called us to walk in every single day, no matter what the circumstances. And because of it, we'll be the most effective people in the world. We'll be world changers, actually. So Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for showing us, leading us, and guiding us by your Holy Spirit. We trust you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.